Welcome to ACC Stars, Where Are They Now? I'm Erin Summers. I'm a sports broadcaster that's covered the Atlantic Coast Conference for a very long time, and I grew up a fan. I've always been curious what players do after we obsess over them in college. This podcast answers that question. Each week, you'll hear an interview with a former ACC athlete. We'll find out everything they've been doing since playing in college. Thanks for listening. Let's jump in to ACC Stars, Where Are They Now? This week, I'm joined by former North Carolina point guard Marcus Ginyard. Ginyard was part of a very successful class at UNC that won three ACC regular season and two ACC tournament titles and the 2009 National Championship. Since playing in college, Ginyard has continued his basketball career overseas. Here's our conversation. Marcus, it's so good to have you on the podcast today. It's been forever since we were actually both at Carolina together. It's been quite some time. I um, am just happy to kind of catch up and see what you've been up to. So just kind of start with uh, where you're at right now and where you're calling in from. I am currently in Limoges, France, which is uh, central France, about four hours south of Paris. So recently you just signed a contract extension or a three-year deal with them in April, which is kind of crazy to think about considering everything that happened in March with the coronavirus here in the United States. How did that deal unfold? Um, I mean, it was something that we were talking about, luckily, uh, you know, before coronavirus hit. Um, interesting, I'm, I'm actually sitting in the exact same place where I signed that contract back in <laughs> April. So, um yeah, just very thankful, very grateful that, you know, the team continued to, to show support and continued to show interest in me, um, you know, especially in the middle of, um, you know, the, the first weeks of, of all this craziness and, and nobody really knowing, you know, what's going to happen and, 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 you know, how we're going to continue to play throughout, you know, the pandemic and, and, and after. So, I was just very, very grateful that they continued to show that interest, that they continued to support me, and that we were able to, to reach an agreement that, that kept me here, um, you know, for the next three years. If you were sitting in that chair, did that mean that you stayed there through this, the whole past <laughs> months and everything was shut down? I mean, I definitely spent a lot of time right here. I did not come home to the U.S., so um, I was here in Limoges uh, throughout the, the lockdown here in Europe. And... Um, yeah, so it's been, I think we're at 15, almost 16 months since I've uh, been back home to, to Chapel Hill. Well, it's awesome to hear that you're still playing. But let's take it back to when your playing day started and just kind of what got you into playing basketball to begin with. Well, my family, my brother, my mom. Um, you know, I wanted to to do everything my brother did growing up. He's five and a half years older than me and just kind of seeing him as a role model and um, I mean, my whole family was was kind of involved in sports. You know, my dad played baseball, my brother played baseball and basketball and soccer. And I mean, he was all over the place. And, you know, my mom played basketball growing up as well. So just grew up in a family, you know, full of athletes and really kind of just, just fell in love with basketball. And uh, yeah, just took off from there. Yeah, your brother is a high school coach right now. Did he do a lot of coaching of you growing up? He actually, he actually quit uh, coaching a few years ago. Okay. But, uh, but his most recent post that, you know, was a, a high school coach. Uh, he's now working on the, uh, the administrative side um, at that same high school. But, um, yeah, it was, it was really cool to, to kind of have a, let's say, a coach in the family. You know, my brother coached me when I was in high school. He was an assistant, you know, at, uh, at O'Connell, which was interesting. Um, and I've always kind of seen my brother 
as a coach, regardless of whether he's on the sideline or not, you know, he's always somebody that, you know, I, I look to for advice, always somebody that was kind of, you know, showing me the right way and, and setting great examples for me. So, um, yeah, it's, it's I'll always think of him, at, you know, as a coach. And I was very, very, very blessed to have him, you know, so close to me as I was growing up uh, playing ball. How awesome was it to have a basketball court in your backyard? Uh, this was really cool. This is really cool. <laughs> I mean, you can't say uh, you can't say thanks enough, you know, to my parents to, for really, you know, making that happen. You know, it wasn't huge. Uh, it wasn't beautiful, you know, but man, we had some flat concrete and we had a basketball court. So honestly, we were living pretty large. So um, for me, it was a beautiful thing. We spent a lot of time out there in the summer and in the winter. But, um, you know, we definitely have some good memories out there. And, and that was a big reason for why I was, you know, able to continue to uh, to get better at the game of basketball, but also just, you know, be able to have that, that you know, that release and to be able to go out and, and enjoy the game. You won your first national championship, a part of an AAU team when you were just 13 years old. Mm -hmm. Going from that moment and then deciding to play at North Carolina, I mean, how just how much fun, how exciting was it to kind of navigate that part of your basketball career at such a young age? Yeah, I mean, I was pretty, pretty blessed to, to be able to have, you know, an experience like that at a young age, you know, just kind of giving you that taste of, um, you know, of, of winning and, and winning at a high level and, and winning on the national stage. And um, I think that that really, sparked my interest and, and really gave me that desire and motivation to continue to, to to try to reach the next level and to play at the highest levels and you know to, to be um, you know a part of a, of a, of a organization of a school and a, and, a, and a history like you know North Carolina and I, I think it definitely started from from those young days but um, just happy that again you know I was able to have that type of experience and something that can continue to motivate me uh, you know at a young age and I mean, there's a lot of players, obviously. There are great players at that age, you know, who, you know, may or may not have the interest to continue or, you know, somehow down the line, you know, got kind of redirected in other ways. And so, um, you know, that was definitely something for me that that, that was, you know, continued to push me in a direction to, to try to reach higher levels of, uh, of basketball. Well, once you got to North Carolina, everybody knows what happened, who you came to play with. I mean, that was the Danny Green, Tyler Hansborough, Bobby Fraser. Mike Copeland, and then obviously had a lot of guys that came in right after you as well. Playing those few years there with that group of talent, how much fun was that? Uh, arguably the most fun I've had in my life, you know. <laughs> I mean, uh, those were some amazing years, uh, some amazing moments, uh, some amazing people, and, you know, still to this day, very, very dear friends. So it's, um, man, you know, just start to get emotional just thinking about those times, you know, they were, they were, they were great times. And, but, but really, you know, honestly, more than anything, I mean, that time on the court was fantastic, but, you know, just the fact that I can say that those are still very dear friends of mine and, and the fact that we're still connected, you know, on a level that goes so much deeper than basketball, you know, that's something that I'm probably most proud of and, and just thankful for to, to have those types of connections and to have those types of people in my life. When you look back um, on the national championship run, winning the national championship, what are the moments that stand out to you the most? Um, you know, the, the moments that we spent, uh, you know, really off the court. Um, I mean, 
obviously, you know, we have great, great, great memories of, of you know, being on the court together. But, you know, just the bus rides, the, the, the time that we spent together in the locker room, uh, you know, the times that we spent on campus together or, you know, just having dinner or, or whatever the case may be, you know, just sitting in the living room together. And I mean, those are the things that, that are that are really, really cool. Like I said, it just kind of speaks more towards the types of people that we had on that team and, and the, the personalities. And, and um, you know, that's what I think was, was great. Yeah. Definitely some personalities on that team. So let's kind of dive into it a little bit. Who was the funniest guy on the team? Mike Copeland, for sure. Bobby Fraser, uh, second place, but but for sure, uh, for sure, Mike Copeland was the funniest. No, no question about it. Yeah. Is there anything in particular that he did that you can share, or is it all kind of stuff that has to stay locked up? I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be locked up, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the, the guy is just. Uh, I've never met somebody with with energy like that. Somebody who walks in the room, literally makes everybody laugh. You start laughing when you look at him. I mean, he's just. <laughs> um, I mean, he's one of a kind. He's one of a kind. I love him to death, and. Uh, Honestly, it's a different. Excuse me. It's a different. Uh, it's a different locker room without him. It's a different experience without him. I mean, he he brought some uh, some amazing energy to, to our team. Who was the hardest working player on that team? Tyler. Easy. No doubt. Best about teammate. That. Boo, 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 boo. Uh, I can't. I don't. Uh, can't say one guy I mean we, yeah but it was that that's just another thing about the team you know we were all we all did our job we were all great teammates to each other and and you know that's just kind of how we got to where we are where we were you know playing for coach Williams people ask you a lot about him I'm sure um what is kind of a couple of things that you go to when they ask you what it was like playing for a coach that is just you know so well known um, man, so many, so many things come to mind when you think about Coach Williams. It's, uh, it's interesting because I was just talking about him not too long ago today with a buddy of mine from, from North Carolina. Um, I talk about him very often with my coach here in France right now, which is also, you know, pretty interesting that, you know, all these types of things that he's so well known for, you know, just the way that he shapes his players both on and off the court, um, you know, just his mentality towards, uh, you know, attention to detail. Um, I mean, just so many different things. And for me personally, I just feel like, you know, he's, he's a great coach. He's a great person. He's a great mentor. You know, he's just like, he checks all the boxes and, um, you know, just someone with a high level of integrity and just someone who, who you always look for, look to, as like uh, you know, you know, a voice of reason, who who kind of always makes sense, you know, and it's just um, for me, I'm just super, super thankful and, and, and honored to have been a part of, you know, his program and, and to have been, you know, one of his players, and, and and thankfully someone who helped him, you know, helped him win. But um, you know, you just kind of think about all the intangibles that are that are hard to that are hard to find for me personally, in my opinion, that are hard to find in players, you know, there's a ton of talent out there. There's a ton of talent out there. And, and, you know, you talked about earlier, you know, who was, who was the best teammate. And I think that, 
you know, one of the one of many great things that, you know, we learned from Coach Williams was just how to be a, a great teammate. And I just think that there's a lot of great players out there that, that weren't taught that. And, you know, that's one of the things that my coach here now talks about is the fact that players like myself who come from, you know, colleges with, uh, you know, the types of coaches like Coach Williams, you know, that just have these intangibles and have understandings of concepts that, that you know, just a lot of players don't have and don't have the, the um, you know, just aren't lucky to, to have had that type of training. And so, you know, obviously we got nothing but good things to say about Coach Williams, and I'm just just very thankful to have been a part of his program. Absolutely. You ended up having to spend another year there. You spent five years. You redshirted after an injury. Well, what terrible luck to have to spend five <laughs> years at Carolina, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such a horrible place. But when you were done with that fifth year, what were some of the decisions that you had to make regarding maybe furthering your basketball career? Yeah, I had to decide uh, whether I wanted to get crazy and accept a job to, to play in Germany. I mean, I, I went, had a, one workout with an NBA team, went down to training camp for summer league. And I mean, we knew it was going to be a difficult way, you know, a difficult path to, to, to go to the NBA at that time, especially. Um, and so, yeah, I just remember getting a call that, you know, I had an offer to play in Germany and, Really, at that point, that was the only decision to make. You know, I knew I wanted to try to, whatever I could to continue my career. And that was on the table at the time. And uh, I don't think I thought more than, I don't know, a couple of hours about it, maybe not even that long. Uh, I remember being pretty excited to just have that opportunity to go play. And I didn't know what the hell I was getting myself into. But uh, <laughs> here at 11, 11 or 10 years later, I'm still out here in Europe. So um, I'm, I'm glad that I took that, that leap of faith. And yeah, here I am. What was the most difficult thing, you know, over the, the first few months of you being overseas that you had to kind of adapt to? Um, I mean, literally everything. I mean, that, <laughs> that was probably the, that was the craziest thing is that, you know, there wasn't like, one or two things you had to figure out, you know, you were trying to figure everything out at the same time, you know, I mean, you got the biggest and most obvious thing is like, you're moving across the world. Okay. Now in my view of things, not so much across the world, but you're moving quite a, quite a ways, right? Mm -hmm. Now you got a language barrier. Now that you're also dealing with, you got a cultural difference that most people have no idea you know, like how different life is. I was very lucky to have traveled quite a bit, I guess, as a, as a youngster. Um, so I was able to see a lot of different things growing up. So I, I was a little, let's say, more prepared maybe than, than most people would be. But it's still a pretty serious shock to, to be now living in Germany. Um, so not speaking German, not knowing that all the stores are going to be closed on a Sunday, trying to figure out how to open up a bank account. Um, also taking into account that now you're a professional basketball player. You're no longer just like this college kid, who, you know, kind of easier to make some mistakes and things like that. You know, I mean, obviously again, we were lucky to, to be in a program that was, you know, so, so well run and so well organized. And so, you know, there were some things about professionalism that were already very, very, well ingrained in my mind but you know just being a pro and figuring out 
you know, how to, how to make sure that, you, you know, your paycheck is correct and how to, I mean, taxes in Germany and, blah, I mean, everything. I mean, everything. You're just trying to figure everything out. And you're all alone, you know, you're all by yourself. Yeah. Of course, you got I mean, the, the, the time but, difference has got to yeah. kind of be tough because you don't, you can't call people back home and, and rely on you, them. You know, in 2010, uh, there wasn't Zoom, there wasn't FaceTime, yeah. you know. <laughs> This is a, a lot easier now. And I can't imagine what guys were going through, you know, the 10, 20 years before me. But, um, but yeah, it was uh, we're just trying to figure it all out. But you mentioned moving across the, the globe, I guess. But yeah. you've kind of made many moves since then. Yeah. And you were, you've been Germany, Italy, France, Poland, Ukraine. I, I mean, tons of places that you've played in. What yeah. has been your favorite? that you were able to spend time at uh, probably one germany uh just the the first you know my first experience it'll always be a sweet spot for me um and here in france honestly um five years ago i played here for the first time and i just found that just the level of competition uh, and the uh, you know the life off the court I just felt I had the most of the best of both worlds um, here in France. Uh, I mean, I've, I had some great experiences in, in a lot of other places that I played as well, but I mean, when it comes down to it, and obviously part of the reason why I signed a three-year extension here is just because I just love life in France. But uh, yeah, probably Germany and France are probably my two, two favorite places. What is life like outside of basketball there in France? Well, uh, when we're not uh, dealing with the <laughs> global pandemic. Life yeah, is, so maybe not these past couple months, but in general. Very, very nice. <laughs> For me, very nice. You know, it's, um, I love the, the community, especially here in Limoges, but just, you know, in France in general, um, people who, in my experience, you know, really like to enjoy life, really like to um, enjoy time with their family and friends. Uh, people who are very, I mean, obviously very serious about, about their food, um, which is something that I really, really, really love and really enjoy as well. Um, and so, yeah, for me, I just felt like this is a great, a great fit for me in terms of, you know, life off the court. And really, I just love the fact that more than anything, I feel like people here in France are really trying, trying their best. Okay, they're going to work but they're really trying their best to enjoy their life, you know, and, and to enjoy their life with their loved ones. And so that's something that, uh, you know, I really love about the mentality here. So before this interview, obviously I had to scroll through your Instagram a little bit and check out some of your pictures. Okay. I mean, you got some nice little like model looks going some little well, places around there. That's a little good. fashionable. Uh, you said it. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Um, maybe something I should uh, maybe look into. <laughs> but you're an influencer and, there in France. I don't think so. But I mean, there may be some people who would say that. But um, again, you know, just trying to enjoy trying to take advantage of, you know, uh, all the great things that this life has to offer. And uh, luckily, been able to do some some cool little things here with, with some people locally. And uh, yeah, it's been a cool experience. You 
done a lot to give back to the community and you've had you've had your own basketball camps as well i know you weren't able to have them this year because of everything going on but usually you host a camp back at carolina um in chapel hill and in wilmington Mm -hmm. what kind of got you started in doing that uh, well, you know, my basketball camp started back in 2013, 2012, 13. Um, and really, it was just trying to to find a way to to give back to you know the North Carolina community that that obviously gave so much to me. Um, you know, so we started a camp down in Wilmington, uh, excuse me, Jacksonville, North Carolina, where my mom is from. I had the first couple of years of the camp down there. Uh, then we ran around, had the camp up in the D.C. area um, where I'm from and had a camp up there for a few years. And then, uh, let's say four years ago now, um, you know, we said, well, why not get back to Chapel Hill? You know, really, really get back to, to Chapel Hill. And, you know, we had had a camp where kids were paying to come for the full week or kids were paying to come for the weekend. And, you know, somewhere along the line, we just said, you know what, we need to be doing a free camp, you know? And so we decided to come back to Chapel Hill. We we partnered with, uh, started with just Chapel Hill Police Department, and then we got the fire department involved. Um, Since have been able to get a lot of other businesses and individuals, uh, you know, locally involved. we expanded a, a couple of years later down to Wilmington, got the uh, got a major hospital involved down there as well. But really the idea was, let's put on a free camp. We're trying to get everybody locally involved. Um, we would love our local service members to be involved to try to help, you know, just create this idea of, uh, of importance around giving back to your community and, and you know, and also showing the support from from local businesses and local individuals that you know there's a lot of people here in the community that support you both on and off the court and we just wanted to provide a space for kids to have fun enjoy the game of basketball but also feel important and feel like everybody in their community is there to support them and you know that's just kind of how it started and we were very lucky to be able to expand to wilmington but um but most importantly we were super super happy to, to to get back to Chapel Hill and really try to give back in, in the best way that we could. That's awesome. How often do you get to go back to Chapel Hill on a, on a regular year? Normally I'm, I'm back in Chapel Hill for a couple of weeks out of the year. Um, I bought a house in Chapel Hill back in 2017, um, which was cool. So it was nice to be able to kind of put my feet down somewhere, even though the rest of my body is never there. You know, it's like, <laughs> Got some roots there, but I'm always running around. Um, it's actually crazy. I actually closed on that house while I was in Russia, of all places. So even when I bought my house in North Carolina, I wasn't even there, you know? Yeah. So, um, but it's really, really cool and, and always a really cool grounding experience, you know, no pun intended there, but to get back to, to North Carolina and to get back to Chapel Hill and, and to, um, you know, spend a little bit of time there. But generally it's um, really no more than, no more than four weeks a year. And, um, and now in this year, in this crazy year that we have, uh, yeah, it's been a little, a few months over a year now since I've been back at Chapel Hill. You mentioned your family a few times. When you kind of look back on your basketball career, where you're at now, who have been some of your biggest inspirations? For my family, 
Yeah, or anybody else. All right. I mean, I mean, definitely my family, family, you know, my immediate family who have always been super, super supportive of me and, and always kind of pushed me to do the things that, that mean the most to me and that are most important to me that, that are best for me, regardless of what that means to them, you know, for example, um, deciding whether I was going to come home or not during this craziness, you know, and having family members that of course want me to come home, but at the same time, I understand that it's complex. There's other stuff going on. I have my job here, blah, 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 blah. And make the right choice for you, regardless of whether that, you know, affects now that we don't see each other, you know? And so like, even when I was going through that to have family that said, you know what, you need to make your choice, whatever's going to be best for you. you know, I think that there's a lot of people that would have been, you know, say, Hey, you need to come on, blah, blah, blah. But, mm-hmm. you know, just little things like that. Um, you know, my extended family, my Carolina family, um, especially the guys who, uh, you know, I play professionally here in Europe, you know, have been a, a great support system for me as well. Jawai Williams, like you mentioned earlier, um, you know, you told me that you just talked to him and he's been somebody that I've definitely leaned on uh, more than a few times while I've been out here, uh, you know, playing professionally in Europe, a guy who's been doing it forever, it seems, uh, and at such a high level. So, um, you know, you mentioned family and, and for me, family is a, is a, it's a, it's a big group, you know, it's a big group. It's, uh, it's much more than, than just the Ginyard family, uh, you know, the Carolina family and, you know, friends from back home, um, who again just just give nothing but support and and positive energy to me so uh, i'm just thankful that i got you know some really really good people around me you're signed to play till 2023 which sounds so like it should be so far away but it's not how much longer do you think you're going to be playing basketball and that's a good question. I mean, I think I'm going to be, what, that makes me 36 at the end of that contract. So, like, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. You know, there's, there's absolutely no telling. Um, you know, I, I think that right now I'm, crazy as it sounds, I feel like I'm kind of in a, in a pretty good sweet spot. Um, you know, not just, um, you know, on the court, but off the court as well. But, um, you know, my body's still hanging in there. Um, I'm still uh, effective on the court. And luckily, at least until 2023, you know, there's people that are still interested, in, you know, to have me on their team. And so, you know, I think as long as, you know, all those things are true, I, I think that, you know, I'll continue to, to, to play this game. And, you know, if there comes a time, which, you know, there will, whether it's my choice or not, you know, there will come a time where when things will change. And, you know, I've been – doing the best I can to, to stay open to those possibilities as well and, and, and do the work that's necessary to, to make that transition as smooth as possible. But for the moment, again, you know, I'm super, super blessed, super thankful, and just going to try to continue to ride this wave as, as long as I'm having fun. Is this, I mean, for you, what you always wanted to do is just keep playing basketball as long as you could? Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, I mean, I've, I've always wanted – to, to be a professional player. I've always wanted um, basketball to take me to places that I've never been to experience things that I've never experienced. And, um, you know, so it, like I've always, I noticed from a young age that basketball allowed me to do a lot of things that I wouldn't have normally been able to do. Mm-hmm. And so 
for, even from an early age, I also understood that basketball could be a vehicle to, to get to other things, you know, and to experience other things. And so, yes, I love the game of basketball. I respect the game of basketball. And I think that I've done a lot to, you know, to really honor the game and, and to, to work hard, um, you know, to, to give the game, you know, all that I have. And at the same time, I still see the, you know, just the, the benefit of playing basketball and what it can provide for you outside of the game as well. And so, you know, I've always just wanted to, to be someone who took advantage of, of all the things that this, this game can offer, you know, on and off the court. And so, for example, just the ability to, to be a pro and to earn your living, to, to be able to live in Europe for 10 years, to, to be able to meet people from all over the world, to, you know, to be able to interact with people in, in a lot of different ways. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to take advantage of, of this opportunity in, in, in all the ways possible, you know, not just, um, you know, on the court. Mm -hmm. What's next after basketball? You know, that's the that's the lifelong question. You know, I'm not even going to say the million dollar question, but that's, you know, the mm -hmm. lifelong question. What what happens after uh, right now? I don't know, but um, I'm pretty sure it, it's going to be just as crazy and exciting as as basketball has been you know it'll be different for sure but um I, I have no doubt that that it'll it'll be just as wild and, and crazy as <laughs> the life as, <laughs> as we got going on right now yeah I don't know what you've been doing over there but I hope that it's as wild and crazy as, and fun as you've been having <laughs> we hope so <laughs> well thank you so much for talking to me it's been great catching up on what you've been up to and best of luck over the next you know, few seasons. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you don't ever miss an episode of ACC Stars, Where Are They Now?